Welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gonzalez Cumberbatch, and I know firsthand that it takes a village to raise a child, but most importantly, that it takes a village to uplift a mother. A mother's village is necessary and can take up many forms. Consider this podcast as part of your motherhood village. No matter the season of motherhood you're in, every conversation will give you more tools to add to your parenting toolbox, and you'll feel supported, inspired, and uplifted. So let's get into an informative and empowering conversation. Hello, and welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I am on with a very special guest. I have Sasha Mayer, who is the co-founder of Mamava, the creator of freestanding lactation spaces for breastfeeding on the go. Sasha is a recognized expert on lactation space design, family-friendly workplace policies, and social entrepreneurial leadership. Her career in design started at JDK, now Solidarity of Unbridled Labor, where she helped develop the living brand, Solidarity's philosophy on brands and brand creation. As strategy director, Sasha developed and facilitated multidisciplinary creative collaborative sessions with brands, including HP, uh, Levi's, Lululemon, Merrill Apparel. Oh, I actually have Merrill Apparel shoes. Uh, Nike Woman and Seventh Generation. Prior to joining Solidarity, Sasha served as an assistant to the press secretary for former congressman, who is now Senator Bernie Sanders. She has a BA in sociology from the University of Vermont and has been a board member of Vermont's businesses for social responsibilities since 2019. Sasha, is it a pleasure and an honor to have you on? That was a lengthy bio, a lot of words coming together there, but I am so excited to jump into this conversation and your whole journey with creating um, Mamava. But before we do that, let's do my icebreaker round. What is your favorite book and one that you would like to recommend? So I'm probably going to recommend a business book because I have been focusing on that for quite a few years now. So I really love uh, No Rules Rules, which is Reed Hastings and Aaron Meyer. And it's um, about actually how Netflix manages um, their business and um, gives their employees a ton of um, autonomy, which creates, um, I think, a really powerful culture that has, has proven to be successful. Awesome. How has motherhood transformed you? Motherhood has humbled me. (laughs) Um, You have one idea about uh, what I think in particular your your kids are going to be like. Perhaps they are going to be a combination of yourself and your partner. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And um, that I I really realized that... um, you know, there's, there's tons of nurture, but also, you know, nature, uh, your kids come out, um, kind of as they're going to be. And, um, it's been, uh, surprising to see how unique, uh, your kids can be regardless of the the parents they have or the nurturing they have. I know that's a, it's a, it's a weird juxtaposition, juxtaposition of different things of that. Um, so yeah, and my little guy's only five. So I, I always say I'm new to the whole parenting world. Um, although I feel like five years feels like 10 years in, in a sense, um, just because so many emotions, but I completely understand um, and, and can relate to that. It takes a village to raise a child, but I say most importantly that it takes a village to uplift a mother who and what has been a part of your village. Um, actually so, so many, obviously my, um, my friends and my family, but I think really uniquely my, my coworkers. So my co-founder, Christine Dodson, she actually had kids a couple years before me and to see her in the workplace 
and going through everything from her pregnancy to having her kids and starting to, uh, you know, have them find childcare and so on. Um, that's been uh, a big inspiration that's lifted me up and, and the other women. And then now, um, because we are very much in touch with the uh, people who are using our pods and we have a mobile app that moms can write words of support to each other or they're often um, posting on Instagram from within our pods. Just that um, real-time feedback from parents is so positive um, and really keeps us going because it's not been an easy uh, road for us. And so the, those, those moms that are in the pods using them and shouting out support to each other and to us yeah, keeps me going every day. That's awesome. Yeah, I can imagine that's powerful of that. Now you're in someone's village, right? You're a part of building that. And I'm a big advocate for breastfeeding moms. I come from the corporate world. I was a VP. Uh, I've been in corporate since I'm 16, working at a bank and just kind of went from there. But it wasn't until I became a mom you know, I realize all of the resources that were lacking and how some organizations still have a long way to go of what they can to support not only working moms, but working parents in general. Um, so as we so that's a good segue to go into tell me the journey into creating something as powerful as Mamava and where did that come from? I know you have a co-founder. Um, what was that inspiration behind creating it? Sure. It really uh, came from my personal experience. So I um, I had my kids and I loved my job. I work for a design studio and we were often, um, needing to travel to see our clients. And I was able to continue when I went back to work to breastfeed because I, um, had a private office and the support of my employer. So I could close the door and do it. It wasn't easy, but it was doable. But it was really in those traveling experiences Not when I found myself like, yeah, triply demoralized, right? I was away from my baby. Um, I was doing two jobs. <laughs> and then I was often using a breast pump in a restroom. It's something you want to do in a private location. It's pretty hard to feel comfortable and, and have yes. that productive letdown, as they say. Um, if you're going to be yeah, feeling exposed. So um, it was, you know, this really alienating thing that I believe because I worked at a design studio that it could be solved with design. I mean, that was the whole premise of our company that good design could solve real world problems. Mm -hmm. So very long story short, um, I worked with my co-founder, Christine, who's really the left brain, more systems thinking person to incubate it within the workplace where we worked. And we got um, the ability to place a unit in an airport in Burlington, Vermont, where we are located. And it was just a prototype, but it got so much attention and positive feedback that we realized that we probably had a business idea. Wow. And what year was that? If I, if I uh, that? 2013. Wow. So even back then, no, that's that's pretty. So tell me a little bit what what was to have something like that though when i mean now i think it's more prevalent where we can talk about breastfeeding and i think that was because truthfully social media has allowed a lot of things to come to to normalize it um even for myself my son is only five years old and you said you know this is 2013 i didn't even know of something like mamava so we still have i think a long way to go of 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 understanding the resources that are available what was the inspiration behind creating the name with it. Yeah. So um, it's actually pronounced Mama Va, although Mama. people pr pronounce it all different ways. But 
Um, you know, I, um, again, worked as a brand strategist and a lot of what goes into naming something is what's available. What might look good <laughs> from a design point of view is the website <laughs> available and what may translate in an okay way, right? Because we all, we are focused in the U.S. But we always have aspirations to go um, elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So it actually is um, the idea of mama and then va, like go in Spanish. So mm -hmm. combining that, that idea for moms on the go, but it's a kind of a made up word as well. And we liked the way it had letter forms that were up and down and kind of they mimicked a little bit this idea of like the the of a breast pump or oh, even wow. you know like a suckling baby. So, um, but frankly, a lot of what goes into that is you put a list together and it's what's available, what sticks, what kind of works with the um, with the the design opportunity. Sure. So when you're when you're first starting out with something like this, what was that like when you when you I mean I don't know if it was self-funded, did you reach out to angel investors, venture capitalists? What was that journey like to say, "Hey, we want to create a breastfeeding pod" when like I said in 2013, I mean, we're still, you know, 2022 and it's just not gaining traction with supporting that and, you know, I mean, I, I remember still breastfeeding my son and my husband would be like, "Well, don't you, you know, we're in church." And I'm like, okay, well, he has to eat. Like, what do you want me to, what do you mean we're in church? Like, like baby huh? Jesus was breastfed. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like, like what? Hello. And this is my husband who's like so progressive and, you know, all, you know, all these things. And I'm like, huh? So what was those conversations like when you're reaching out to people like, hey, we want to start this business and this is what it is. Yeah. So uh, because it is actually an object that you build, it's yes. pretty capital investment heavy. Unlike, let's say, just a mobile app, which, you know, takes a little fewer resources. So um, we did go out for early seed round of investment. And there was, frankly, just a lot of educating. Mm -hmm. And uh, we used the story, you know, uh, would you eat a sandwich in the restroom? Because essentially making um, uh, breast milk uh, or pumping breast milk is like, a, it's more like preparing food than anything else. And there was just no infrastructure for that. Um, and what really moved us along was the Affordable Care Act and other legislation that um, mandated lactation space or at least a space that wasn't a restroom. So that happened in 2010. And that's where we kind of were able to make the business case that, you know, if employers don't start doing this, they're going to be out of compliance and, you know, and be exposed to lawsuits and that started to happen. And that sort of gave us more momentum. Um, and then we very deliberately um, placed units in airports because we knew that they were going to be pollinators. A lot of people were going to see them. And the business strategy at the early days was that we got sponsors to underwrite the costs of them. So we didn't have, you know, any enough resources to really pay for them. So first we had to con con um, convince the airports to, you know, place them, which is a, sure. a whole complicated task. <laughs> and then we had to find a sponsor. So in the beginning, for instance, Seventh Generation, which is an environmentally friendly, you know, cleaning and diaper company, they're based in Burlington. We had a connection with them. They uh, put units in the New York City airports. And then we did it with Zappos. Um, 
and uh, and others and basically that did two things it people saw them and started just calling us and 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 so on and then the other thing that that did was people know how complicated it is to work with airports and to place anything in an airport so it validated the concept like well if you can put them in an airport you're gonna be able to put them in a hospital or a school or a warehouse because it was like that level of technical placement that gave people the confidence that we could actually, you know, be a successful solution for their work environment. There's the word and it's not um, trust, but you basically was like an authority to where people can. And goodness gracious, like you touched upon so many things there. Um, of, of just and the business idea and how genius that is to say, hey, we kind of don't have the capital to build 20 of these, nor I guess to your point too, and what if we do build 20 and nobody purchases them, right? Um, it's like that thing and then you're out or you're SOL for the next however long it is. So I think that that's genius to say, hey, look, let's reach out to some organizations that can connect with moms or some way somehow to where it's like, hey, if we put this and then this will happen. And then in a busy airport, you see that it's sponsored by Seventh Generation or whatever that is, and then they can fund to purchase this thing. So that's just in itself brilliant. Touching a bit on the entrepreneurial side, only because I am, and then we will pivot back because I have some questions like, what do the pods look like? You know, where can they, where can women find them? But I do have business business owners that are moms that listen to my show. So has that model changed? Um, I would imagine now that you're, goodness, almost, well, yeah, almost 10 years in, what does that look like? And what has been the flow of business as you grow Mamava? Yeah. Um, Mamava. Yeah, that's okay. The yeah. um, So very similarly, with this very interesting dynamic of um, a user base that isn't making the purchase right? These moms, these parents are using the pods and we need to kind of market to them and be a wonderful solution that they love to use. But it's often the facilities guy or the, you know, maybe the HR person. So um, very similarly in the beginning to show scale, we came up with the idea for an app. And the app was not only about um, helping moms find the pods it was also about um, showing more scale. So what we did was we put all of the public lactation spaces that already existed. So if we only had 25 pods in the world and we were kind of growing incrementally, there were pretty soon 2,000 lactation rooms that our intern just found, you know, by Googling. So that made that more useful and kind of grew the idea. And then um, what happened from the airports is in a, in a good but challenging way is it introduced the idea to all these different channels. So in Christine and I, in our minds, we were like, well, convention centers and airports and um, places like that where it's, you know, they're big, they're pretty easy to place. They were our experience of really needing a place. But what happened was it was, oh my gosh, we started getting phone calls from you know, military bases and libraries and museums. And it was, of course, any place moms go or work, they were needed. So, um, which is almost everywhere, supermarkets, which is everywhere. (laughs) And mission wise, even though it was maybe somewhat inefficient to not focus on one vertical, um, we had to say yes, you know, so we had to figure it out. And if they didn't have enough money, we would, you know, figure out how to discount it or put another sponsorship package together. 
Um, and, um, but ultimately because of the compliance, because of employers wanting to do the right thing, the business model is really, um, our customers purchase our units outright or, or they can lease them. And um, then we kind of have expanded the portfolio. So people are familiar with our bigger units that are in airports, but we actually have a smaller uh, unit that would go like in the back of a bank, like where you wow. have worked or um, uh, environments where you don't need this big thing. That's sort of a billboard for breastfeeding. It's more like a solve in like a teacher's lounge sure. or in a, a, like a private facility. So tell me what the pods look like. What do they look like when a mom, and I, I was on your site and I thought it was again, genius of the larger pods, which I forgot which airport I was in that I saw one. And I was like, Oh, I was like, babe, that's. If that's you're in Miami, we really. have a bunch in Miami. Our, some of our I, very I, earliest pods are in Miami. So I'm always wondering like, you know, they've been there for almost five years. So I, I always, I worry a little bit about the condition of those babies because we don't control that, but and sure. I don't get down there enough to check on them. But yeah, I think it might've actually been Miami. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was so, I was like, oh my God. And I, I just thought it was genius from when I did see it. And then I saw you have the single. Uh, so what does a pod look like and what can a mom expect when she wants to use them? Sure. So the pods are really um, designed uh, with, pumping in mind, um, but uh, also uh, a private place to breastfeed. One of the things we say that often happens in big public environments like airports is it's often a parent who has um, an infant and a toddler or another family member, and they just need to contain that. I remember, <laughs> you know, like, how am I going to sit here and like breastfeed this baby while the three-year-old is running down the concourse? So that's that's a big part of it. So uh, our big units are, um, you know, they're, they're sh we call them pods. They are shaped kind of like a pod. They're shaped in this, uh, with these rounded um, sides. Um, they have two benches. There's a place to plug in the breast pump and a table to set that on. Um, you can also, um, ch you know, charge your phone <laughs> in the wow. units. Um, they are now accessed by the app. So the app is free using the pods is free, but, um, the, there's a lock on the outside of most of our pods. And what that does is just creates a little bit of friction because airports, you know, a lot goes on in airports. So we thought, well, if, um, a mom wants to download the app, it's not that big of a deal. It gives her access and it just kind of makes sure that somebody else isn't going in there just to take a break. So, sure. um, that's what the, the big units look like. They're very much designed for cleanliness. So um, kind of bright lights. They have graphics on the, on the inside and the outside. And then um, we have a smaller unit that is more, again, for that mom who's using it every day, multiple times a day in her office job. So that gotcha. one has a much more of a multitasking design, a cushioned seat, a fold down desk, a place to plug in, you know, if you should choose your laptop and your breast pump. Um, wow. And of course, all of them lock from the inside to give that privacy. Wow, that's that's awesome. I've never been inside of one. And then if a mom wants to find one, so basically if they know, I guess to your point, it's everything is on the app. So they can yep. find a location, they can register to use the machine or the the pod. Yeah, you use the pod or, or the lactation suite and they don't have to register. It's just, it's it's search. And then um, once they're in front of the pod, they click open. And, oh, wow. uh, and it's like, it's like kind of like um, if you've used um, uh, an app to get into a hotel room or something, yeah. it's mm -hmm. that same kind of experience. 
Very cool. And then if an employer or a business is interested in installing a pod, what does that process look like? Yeah, so we like to be really consultative. So for our really big clients who might be putting in hundreds of pods, we actually help them do an audit and say, like, what do your facilities look like? How many parents or how many moms do you have? Um, Where um, are they working within a facility? And then we say, hey, um, the best, the, the, the standard is this many pods for that many people. They should be in this much of a walking distance. Um, and then we have, um, a relationship with Medela and they are the biggest, um, pump, uh, manufacturer mm-hmm. in the world. And they have really excellent kind of f- first in class, um, product. So, uh, an employer can actually buy, um, what we'd call a hospital grade breast pump and place that in the pod. So all the mom has to do is bring, to be technical, her the flanges and the bottles and the tubes. And so she doesn't have to, you know, schlep very far or very much. Um, and those units can also have a refrigerator. We have a, a model that allows a refrigerator. Um, but it helps because um, a hospital grade pump is more efficient. So you actually don't need as much time to pump the same amount of milk. Sure. And I actually was going to ask about the refrigerator. I know um, my employer did have a little suite for moms that they had created. And one of the things was a a refrigerator. But then I, because I was the VP, I had a a little refrigerator in my office that I just purchased from Amazon that made it easier. But that's great that that you have pods that have that option. Uh, Breast milk is actually very stable too. So if you have a little cooler, it can last all day. And um, we also love it when we hear that employer has a room, right? So we're um, a really flexible option. We're really easy just in time option, but we don't feel in competition with uh, uh, built in lactation or wellness rooms because those are often like the best in class if they can have all the bells and sure. whistles and they, an employer has been thoughtful about that. We often are incremental space, right? So sure. at Mama Vow, we had like 12 um, employees at a certain point in our early days. And um, two of them had babies two weeks apart. So we needed two lactation rooms. So luckily we're Mama Vow, so we had two pods. But sometimes you just need more spaces and one lactation room doesn't cut it. No, and that's a good point because I was going to ask what what would be the appeal to, let's say, have a pod as opposed to a room. But then I thought about it as I was even thinking of the question. I'm like, but it could be for employers that don't have the space that can't maybe they don't have enough employees to maybe render um, putting in the money to build a room and whatever that looks like. So I love that you say that it's not in competition. It's just in addition to what is needed at what is needed, you know? Yeah. And it's like a movable asset in this day and age where people maybe don't know what their sure. space needs are going to be if they're moving around. Um, sure. And so that's a, a big part of the value proposition too. And what other resources does Mamava provide? Uh, I saw on the website Kin, there's something called Kin. Talk about yep. that. Yeah. So Kin again is is an employer program that we do with Medela, and it's sort of one stop shopping. Again, sometimes an employer doesn't know what they need and they, and they, you know, in this day and age, we know um, moms are leaving the workforce at record numbers. We know it's much easier and less expensive to retain a good employee than to lose that person. So it's another, um, you know, way to be 
providing benefits that employees expect. So it's an, it's an, an employer program where the employer, you know, works with um, Kin, or which is really Mamava and Medela, to get those hospital-grade breast pumps to supply supplies, right? When you're breast pumping, mommy, you need the bags or the bottles. <laughs> um, sure. They also... Um, offer in the program 24 seven lactation support. So, uh, you can subscribe for that time, um, for your employee who might be struggling for some people, breastfeeding is really easy. It's easy for the baby. It's easy for the mom. And for others, there are different phases. It takes some work. Ultimately, I want to say it's usually always so worth it, but it can be hard. So that lactation, um, support, um, from a trained professional is really, really helpful. And employee employers are offering that through this program. Also milk shipping. So we're doing a little bit less business travel these days, but I would have loved to have milk shipping. And a lot of big employers are offering that too. So you go away for three days and you're not trying to figure out how to get all that breast milk back to your baby. You're actually sending it. Especially if that is what the main source is. I was fortunate at the times that I did travel. My my husband came with our young son. Mm. Um, and I, I think I might have traveled twice. I went to a couple of conferences. I just remember the, the mental anguish of having to pump all the time. I remember it actually came up on my Facebook memory the other day of where I had put that I was still kind of like, I was already 13 months in of just pumping and saying, I don't know if I want, if I want to continue Good with this. Good for you for going that long. Yes, 13 months. And then I remember just being so like, do I, do I not? And then my pump just died. Decided for you. Yes. I remember looking up and I was like, okay, I guess this is what it is. And I was still able to, I breastfed him like maybe at nine in the morning. But yeah, to your point, it was hard, but it was a decision I wanted to make. And I think it's something that's so personal to women. Um, And whether you do or don't, you know, that's your personal choice, but at least there's companies like yourself that are providing resources to employers that just don't know. Because again, um, my son is only five years old and I remember the struggles. There was another organization I worked for. I had a pump in my manager's office and I remember every... I mean, what is it? Every few hours, I'd have to knock on the door and she would look at me. She didn't have any kids. And she'd be like, yeah, no problem. But I could see after a while that she's like, wait, are we really going to go through this for the next, you know, three, four months? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, you know, I think it was at a college. So she kind of had no choice because of the laws and, and certain things. But um, I remember just her giving me the look and I'm like, I am so sorry. Um, but I had to do what I had to do. I didn't have my own private office yeah. that, I could, that I could go to. Um, but I remember that. Apologizing, right? No, and of course like not. Such a familiar story, and then you—you seem—it seems like you had really good uh, self. You had authority, and you didn't compromise there. Which, yes. but it's hard, right? You do feel for the person, like okay, you're interrupting somebody's work or what have you. So, oh, but we and then I reach all the time. Like- with this big backpack and a few of the guys, I mean, I worked for the accounting and the athletics department. So you'd see like all these athletes coming in and they'd see me go every so like three or four times a day. And they're like, what is she doing? And I'd have to put a big sign, please don't walk in. Cause then I had, it was like a whole mess. I mean, but that was an experience. At least I had the support that she could say, sure, come in. I can only imagine for the women that don't. So that's why companies like yours that provide the resources for that, I think are, are phenomenal, especially in public places as well, because to me, like we said, moms go everywhere and you don't know when you might need to breastfeed. I was going to yeah. ask, what about if you're not pumping and what can it also be used as a, as a space for moms to breastfeed or is it oh, strictly absolutely. just for- No, okay. that's like that, that example of, um, you know, 
the mom in the airport with a little kid who's sure. traveling or like I always say my second um, son was um, super distracted. So like even if I, I'm like, I'm from Vermont, I'm like not modest, but the kid would have not, I would have, I had to have like a, you know, barrier because he was so distracted and popping off and so on that if you wanted to just like, okay, it's dinner time, let's get to business a room like that. So absolutely for pumping and breastfeeding, but that's awesome. Or just feeding, frankly. I mean, we want, we want to support all parents and, you know, sometimes even a baby who's taking a bottle obviously might need a, a a quiet place to, to just sit there. So that is absolutely part of the whole continuum. And I love that. I remember we went to, I think it was the African-American History Museum in DC and my little guy, Mm. I think was not even two because I stopped about two and we were still kind of having the pacifier. Long story short, I don't know why I listened to my husband, but he was like, let's, you know, wean him off the pacifier. And in my mind, I'm not thinking, what do you mean? We're about to go to a museum with strangers. I think I should probably bring it. But I listened to him. I leave it. Sure enough, he starts whatever, whatever. And I was still kind of, you know, breastfeeding at that time. I had nowhere to go. I had to stop by the bathroom and literally squat down to nurse my big almost two-year-old as people are just walking by. I was so anxiety ridden. I had tears in my eyes. Nobody bothered to like say, hey, are you okay? Do you want to come here? Men are, you know, and I'm just sitting there like this, breastfeeding my son, cursing my husband because I should have brought a pacifier because I don't even know if he was hungry or was the anxiety that he wanted something. And I remember that day, that was something that kind of stuck. It was, it was, it was very, very, very rough. And I was thankful that I had something to kind of soothe my son and, and all the things. But I love how you say that it's just for any mom, if they need a bottle or something to just feed to say, I need a space to bring my child to feed them, <laughs> whatever yeah, that looks like, boy. you know? So what has changed since you started the business six years ago? And what has been the key in building that momentum? Well, not six years ago, so not 2013. So it's been longer than that, but- um, Yeah, we it's a little bit, you know, as fits and starts because we had a prototype for a couple of years and then we hired gotcha. our first employees in 2015. Understood, but um, of, from concept, what has changed since that? And what has been the key in building your momentum to where it is today? So the really good news is that we have to do a lot less educating and many of our lactivists are actually, um, (laughs) yeah, they're not just moms, they're partners, they're dads, there's grandpas, we call, you know, papavas that are part of this whole thing that have seen the struggles of their um, wives, their, 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 you know, grandchildren or what have you. And so less educating And um, now, you know, it's really been about scaling and um, and 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 trying to um, work with bigger companies to say, like, okay, let's solve this problem more universally versus can you get us, you know, the solution in in four weeks for this one, you know, side of the business. So um, and I think absolutely it's been the moms themselves, you know, in many of our accounts, it's a long tail from a mom, you know, like yourself, who was traveling and then brought the idea back to her bank, you know, and then the bank, you know, and, and worked in corporate and was able to help us um, place a bunch of units in a situation like that. And then I think you mentioned this before also, just social media, you know, when 
um, when Beyonce breastfeeds, the world listens, right? <laughs> and um, yes. that, you know, there are more um, women breastfeeding now, actually, at least initiation rates are, are really high. Um, in the comparison of the last 20 years, they're up at least 10% to about wow. 83% of um, new parents at least initiate breastfeeding. And our goal is to like, help them continue like you did. Um, so they didn't, throw in the towel when they return to work. And um, so they made it more of an authentic choice to, you know, wean their baby when the baby was ready and when they were ready. And not by, because they had no resources of lack of resources or of availability. No infrastructure or no support for it. Our Mama Va's whole thing is infrastructure and support for helping people meet their breastfeeding goals. And how can parents, in your opinion, or any advice that if you can give to parents listening, how can parents be advocates for themselves in their workplace or even for other parents? Um, I know you had mentioned with me that it sounded like I had that strong, the authoritative thing, and, and I did. And just, I also think my just general nature, but how can parents be advocates in the workplace or in their workplace? Yeah, so great question. Uh, the one thing to know is that the law is on their side. So pretty much across the country, there is a um, universal mandate that if you um, are breastfeeding, you uh, get the break time and um, a private space with a lock and a seat <laughs> to do that. It doesn't necessarily have to be a designated lactation room. Uh, our website actually has a search function you can go to and find out all of the laws in every state. Um, but it is pretty universal now, again, uh, thanks to the Affordable Care Act. Um, and I going and and not being not not being shy to actually have those conversations um, with your employer. I also sometimes talk about this idea of the uh, bosom buddy. <laughs> so if it's maybe you who don't feel comfortable or maybe don't have maybe power in your organization, find that person who does because there's like another mom like you, Nicole, who has been through it, who can be an advocate or who just knows it's the right thing to do and maybe isn't even a parent. Um, and the kind of power and that advocacy and numbers is a big part of it. But the, again, the law is on your side and we see it all the time from police departments to um, retailers who uh, have to provide lactation space. And so the employee has every right to ask for that. I love that. And thank you for mentioning that because I think people still, again, we just don't know, right? And you only know what you know um, until you know better. And I know we didn't touch upon your motherhood journey, but may I ask how old your children are? Because this is going to correlate to another question. Sure. Uh, they're old now. 16 oh. <laughs> and 19. Oh, but still in the teenage college. years. And I always bow down to single mothers, mothers of multiples, and mothers with children that are teens and tweens because I... I have no idea now in 2022 how to even parent that and what that must be like, just because there's so much. I feel like we're oversaturated with social media, so many things. But how has it been on this entrepreneurial journey? And, you know, how fulfilling has it been to see something that you're able to provide now and be a part of a woman's village? But then also that you're a mom yourself. How have you, and I don't want to say balance, but how have you juggled kind of those roles? So, uh, want to make the point that you know you can have it all you can't have it all right now so to be honest with you while the idea for mama va um happened when i was you know breastfeeding mom 16 years ago 
Um, really the traction and the time I was able to spend on it wasn't until my kids went to school and I have an amazing husband who is, you know, more than a, um, equal co-parent. He's actually a teacher. So it's been, um, (laughs) extremely helpful, but it was really as they got older that I could, you know, have the headspace and know that they were on their own journeys. (laughs) Um, so that's been a big uh, part of it. And, um, I think I lost the thread of the question. Well, basically like, how have you, how have you connected that? And, you know, yes. And so I telling myself, because, you know, I have had to, you know, work long nights and travel and spend, you know, more time on, um, this mission than, um, maybe I would have otherwise, but I know that they've seen it. And I know that they're proud of me and that they uh, talk about it with their friends, which is cute. That's cool. <laughs> and, you know, they're very well educated on breastfeeding for, for <laughs> boys. And um, and that teaches them, you know, just just sure. by, by purely being, you know, part of the family who, who's experienced the business. I talk about it in front of them. I talk about the, the trials and the successes with them. And I think they just you know, kids pick up all that stuff and they, they pick up, uh, you know, the kind of grit that is required for a, for an entrepreneur. Thank you for sharing that. So what's next for Mamava? What's, where, where do you see this? What's three, five, 10 years? What does that look like? Yeah. So we just started going to, um, Canada. So expanding our, um, our range a little bit. One of the challenges there are things we're very aware of is breastfeeding is a cultural thing and it's interpreted different in every culture. So we never wanted to be presumptuous about like what it means to breastfeed in France or Canada or Mexico. And everybody has different parental leave and, and ability to, to breastfeed. Most of them are all better than the U S as far as this expectation of you know paid leave and returning to work so we're starting um to do that and then we're adding sort of incremental improvements to the app so first the app was just for search um then it was for unlocking the pods now we have some community aspects to it and other content and we have a roadmap that expands what else the app can do as well very awesome. How can people connect with Mamava if people can connect with you? And then any final thoughts to the podcast community? Um, oh, social media, again, it's the it's the Mama momentum that helps us. So uh, following us on Instagram and it's Mamava underscore Vermont, or I should say Mamava underscore VT. We're also on Facebook as Mamava. And um, my Instagram is Sasha Mare Mama, if anybody's interested. <laughs> um, and um, the website, from, and, uh, and the website, website. mamava.com, all of this stuff is linked. All of the really, there's a lot of really great resources for both employers and parents there. And, um, and, uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yes. That, I, I'm, thank you so much in terms of, um, the podcast and, and having uh, our voice to be shared there. And as a mom, I love podcasts because it's the ultimate multitasker opportunity and you can be, you know, vacuuming or, or yes. um, whatever you're doing around the house. And 
to have a podcast on is like having company. So thank you so much and, and community. <laughs> Absolutely. Sasha, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, for sharing your story and for all that you are doing with Mamava and continued blessings to you for love and light. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for listening to this impactful episode of the Motherhood Village podcast. Subscribe to my show so you'll never miss a future episode. You may also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with someone that can use it as part of their motherhood village. Remember, your village can take up many forms and you do not have to do it alone. Connect with me at themotherhoodvillage.com. Blessings to you for love and light.